Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.ag. And for this week only, get a 110% sign-on bonus. 110% of your initial deposit by using code NEXTROUND. That's MyBookie.ag, code NEXTROUND. All right, we're going to bring in Kalen DeBoer now, uh, Alabama's head football coach. Coach, welcome in. Um, I don't know why I'm welcoming you. We're in your building today, but thank you for having us over here. <laughs> welcome uh, to you guys. This is... Uh, this is sort of a new feeling for us to be uh, in the building over here. And you made the announcement yesterday. You're going to have uh, open viewing areas for the media and practices. You obviously learned very early that we could watch practices and not figure out anything you were doing anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, anytime we can kind of uh, work together to uh, get our message out from our program. And, and uh, you know, I know you, uh, you all want to see uh, what's happening, too. And so that balance... Uh, where it's benefiting both of us, I think uh, that's what we're trying to find. So I'm looking forward to it. How surreal is the moment? You know, we talked about months ago how you used to make sandwiches for your players at Sioux Falls. You go from that <laughs> to coaching at a national championship setting in Washington to just, what, six, seven weeks ago, you're on a podium is Alabama's new head coach, and 10 feet in front of you is Nick Saban, the greatest to ever do it. Are you one of those guys that gets caught up in a surreal moment? I mean, you didn't seem so behind the podium, but... It yeah. seems kind of like a dream scenario. Yeah, I think um, I think as you get older, you have perspective. Um, and uh, fortunately, I think um, I've had a lot of experiences to where you have some perspective on the things that uh, that are happening in your life. You know, making a national championship game, and and uh, a lot of it revolves around what you're doing for those around you, or what the experience is for them. And so, um, you know, those were awesome events, uh, winning a Pac-12 championship, and and seeing the guys rush the field, you know, after the Sugar Bowl and and all of that, uh, those are those are the moments you do what you do for, um, and the fan bases and uh, all that. But um, you know, I think just personally, I mean, yeah, there's a there's an understanding of uh, you know coming to Alabama, what that all means, and um, you know, I don't you don't just have time to sit there and really process necessarily and uh, and predict what's going to happen. Um, you're just in the moment and you're working where your feet are at each and every day and giving your all just like you have for the last uh, 20 some years that I've been a, a football coach. I try not to make important decisions when I'm tired or emotional. And it felt like you maybe had to do that. I mean, I could be misreading that, but you had just lost the national championship game on Monday. Coach Saban retires on Tuesday. And I believe it was Thursday that Greg Byrne was having dinner with you and your wife. I mean, you had to be tired and emotional at that point. Um, how, what was the process of making that decision for you? Yeah, it, it was, uh, it was a lot. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, you know, that I remember specifically Tuesday, you know, we're heading back on a plane and, uh, you know, texting a lot of the guys, uh, especially the ones that were done, uh, you know, how much I, I loved them, how much I appreciated everything they given, how excited I am about the, the next phase of, uh, of their life. And, um, even, you know, that night just, you know, man, we, you know, 24 hours ago, we had a chance to win a national championship and we fell short, you know, and that just eating at me and Wednesday, uh, kind of just realizing, okay, it's time to go win a national championship. It's time to get back to work already right now and not be in your feelings and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, that was the mindset. And then obviously, like you said, it, uh, it switches, uh, into a different, uh, area, different topic and different conversations. Um, you know, a little over 24 hours, or a little over 24 hours later, you know, Thursday, mid-morning, uh, afternoon, and, and things like that. And, uh, you know, Friday getting the call that uh, the opportunity existed to come here. It was a lot, but uh, 
just, I got a good support system. I got a lot of people from family to friends, uh, whether they're in the profession or not. Um, and again, I think having that perspective and be able to slow things down and, uh, you know, um, you know, it was, it was things that I was able to do and I feel, feel awesome about how it all came together. You, uh, use the word love there and that's the scouting report on you that, uh, you're not afraid to use the word and relationships mean a lot to you in this business, uh, whether it's your coaching staff that, that stays with you a long, long time or your relationship with players. Uh, talk a little bit about that and how you've kept a certain group of people around you for a long time and even bringing people back like Kane mm -hmm. to be on your coaching staff. Yeah, I think uh, the people you put around you are so important. And, um, you know, they got to be, uh, you know, they got to be skilled and they got to be talented and um, all, all those good things. They'd be great in the recruiting and, and everything football related. But, you know, if you can put like minded and uh, driven people around you uh, that have a great heart and, and low ego, um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I think we put so much time into each and every day. If you can have some fun while you're doing it, uh, because, uh, you know, if you're not, um, it becomes a, even a greater grind than what it is already. Um, you know, that's important. And so, you know, uh, quickly realized, you know, guys like Kane Womack and, and many others on the staff, uh, you know, how, how great a coaches they were, um, what their impact was, um, how, you know, working together and us being, uh, you know, stronger than the, the cumulative of our parts individually. Um, I think that's that's huge. Um, you know, and we have a staff right now that I feel great about as far as like-minded and why we do what we do, um, but also extremely skilled and having great experiences and and uh, coming together. You know, with low ego. Is it is it important sometimes to bring in new blood though? New new voices that haven't been with you a couple of years? Yeah, I think we have a lot of that. Yeah. Really, there's only two coaches on the staff that uh, were with me at Washington. Right. You know, uh, um, Shep and uh, and uh, Sheridan, you know, and so um, a lot of different pieces. Uh, I think it's I think it's huge. You know, you want people that know your systems, not just I'm talking offensively, but just kind of the mechanics of your operation and what uh, – you know, how, how to get that consistency incorporated into our program here quickly as efficiently as possible. But uh, I completely agree. I think you have to always be evolving. Uh, and in order to evolve, you have to have other voices. And I think we got a great um, combination of that. I mean, I think we have other head coaches like Mo Lindquist and uh, what he brings and, you know, sitting in his position meeting the other day and just what type of coach he is um, just is awesome. Uh, our guys are going to get coached up in a special way. And I go around each room and, and hear that and uh, coach cap, you know, uh, with the offensive line um, just time and time again, as I was looking for our offensive line coach, which I think is one of the, the critical pieces. They're all critical, but a huge part of your program and uh, just the recommendations, I mean, he's living up to all those, you know, already just in one week here being together with him. So I go on and on about every coach and what they bring. Um, I think we got a special group that uh, is ready to, you know, prove something. Um, they're driven people. Um, and again, I keep bringing up low ego because, uh, you know, the decisions we make have to be the best decisions for Alabama football, you know, not the ones because we thought of it. I've always believed there's like great musicians and actors that will never be discovered. Look, it's a lot of hard work, but it's also a little bit of luck. And the way you got into coaching, just help me clean up the story. But I think you're living with a guy. He gets offered a job and it's a Friday afternoon. He calls uh, either the athletic director, help me out here and says, look, I can't take the job. 
But my roommate's standing here. He needs a job. He wants to get into coaching. <laughs> you have a five-minute conversation. That's a Friday afternoon. And then Monday, you're on the job. Yeah. Yeah, it's who you know, right? <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah, Curtis Riggs is my best friend. We were college teammates. Um, he had uh, a teaching job. And or he had a coaching job at uh, Washington High School there in Sioux Falls, and it wasn't a full time teaching job. And uh, he got offered one at the Crosstown, one of the Crosstown rivals, and took that opportunity to to support his family that uh, he was already building. And um, you know, uh, when that happened, exactly that, Kim Nelson, the head coach at, at Washington, asked if he had any recommendations, and I happened to be right there. And so, do you remember what you were making? Yeah. Uh, it was in the high twenties. I think it was high twenties. You know, um, so we got. But the best thing was I got to be. You got a backup long snapper making that nil now. <laughs> yeah. That's what I made for a long time, about sixteen years probably. Yeah. So, but uh, you know, that's that was uh, it was awesome. I got to be the weight room. You know, run the weight program in the summer and be around the kids that way. There was so many positives. Uh, I was a head sophomore coach. You know, and. Uh, we went eight and zero my first year. I got to throw that in there, right? So you really have won at every level. It. I yeah. loved it. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah, that sophomore team was one that was uh, it was a fun fun to be a part of. It got me into it, and I really found the love for coaching. Your uh, coach Kalen DeBoer is with us on the JohnstonRVCenter.com hotline. Your perception of Alabama football was what, and was it reality when you got here and saw it? Yeah, I mean, I just think. Or do you uh, know yet? I think that no. Yeah, <laughs> the perception just uh, was that. Um, you know, it just the, the the tradition, the history, the pride, um, you know, it's obvious, you know, there through the championships. But I think there was always this understanding of how things were done and it was done the right way, uh, you know, through discipline, through hard work, uh, through through physicality on the football field. You know, just all those pieces that um, whether they're core values or just the style of play, um, you know, that I think everyone always looked to. You know, you always look to the champions and then the ones that are the best of the best. And so there were so many, you know, over the years, Coach Saban quotes, comments, videos, um, you know, things that you'd kind of see through Alabama football. And obviously, you know, breaking down film, um, you know, you're always stealing from everyone. And, you know, the, the the red zone throws or whatever it might be, you know, you're always taking that. Uh, and Alabama football is always a part of those things, too. But uh, it has. It's been amazing. Uh, you know, there's great people. Um, and that's what made it all work, starting with Coach Saban. Uh, he surrounded himself with, you know, great people um, that uh, were extremely talented. And, uh, you know, he kept the direction and that's, uh, you know, on the right dire- all, all in one. And, um, you know, that's what we're doing here now. I asked Coach Saban this uh, one time about one of the more meaningful times that he had been disciplined growing up. Um, and he told me a great tire changing story after he'd thrown a couple of interceptions in a high school game. Um, discipline's part of coaching. Uh, whether you're disciplined players or holding people accountable for things. Can you tell me a time in your life that you can remember being disciplined either by a coach or a parent that really changed your direction or, or, or your life a little bit? I mean, I was a pretty good kid. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, so you never bashed mailboxes with baseball no, bats? I can't say that. There was too many. Um, I'm sure there was something. I, I think that what I had for coaches uh, growing up in high school um, they're just positive reinforcers and just, um, man, they, they, they did like, if you didn't do something right in a drill, whether it be bas- I think about basketball, football in particular, um, I mean, you were redoing it, 
you know, and, uh, you know, um, the reinforcement of when you were good was even greater when things went well, you know, and that's what I really try to do is show them what, show our guys, you know, what it should look like and hold them accountable to that, you know, and, uh, you know, we, we talk about practicing until you, 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 you can't get it wrong. You know, you practice until you, you know, always get it right. And so just, uh, keep with it. I think you always get better with reps. And so we talk a lot about the repetitions. I mean, you get better as, a play caller with reps, you get better as a head coach with reps, you get better as a player, obviously, you know, with the more reps you take. And so just, uh, trying to streamline things, trying to be efficient, uh, and making sure that, uh, I got those, those pieces in place to where our guys can, uh, get those reps. They need to be great. On the theme of being a uh, good kid, Tom Frederick, play by play Sioux Falls said in a decade working with you, this is hard to believe said he never heard you say a cuss word. I just want to tell you the last coach that didn't cuss in, uh, cuss in the SEC was Bobby Johnson at Vanderbilt. I thought it was Gus Malzahn. I thought Gus didn't cuss either. I think Gus would drop one occasionally. Okay. But he said, Tom said, a decade, never one one bad word out of your mouth. He's up in the booth. Yeah. <laughs> He's up in the booth. He's a long ways away. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, just, I think that was just his way. And it was an yeah, interview of saying, Kalen's a great guy. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, to me. Um, I mean, there's a fire, don't get me wrong. There's a fire and there's, uh, there's a competitiveness that, uh, you know, the guys see, I think they see that already in the workouts and, um, they'll, you know, they feel that, uh, and how we, you know, meet in team meetings and, um, you know, the standard that, uh, exists, um, it's still the same standard. It's just messaged a different way, I think. And, um, I don't know, I just feel like, you know, you are who you are. And uh, for me, you know, finding ways to positive reinforce. I mean, obviously, there's a piece like you're kind of bringing up. There's a discipline uh, moment or things like that. That still happens, you know. But how do you message that? How do you deliver? And how do you work together with these guys for the players to understand that, hey, I'm fighting the same fight you are. I want the same things you want. We all want for you individually. We want for our team to to be great. Um, you know, that just comes through continue to, to, to be there to support them and, uh, you know, help get them corrected. Uh, we take, we talk about our coaches jobs are to teach critique and demand. And so we're teaching, we're being critical of them and we're demanding excellence and demanding, you know, as much as close to perfections that we can. And their, their jobs are to grind, refine and compete. And so the guys are grinding, they're refining their skills and they're competing to be the best they can. All right, a couple things we want to do. Lance has a list for you, so we can get to know you a little bit better. But uh, also our producer back in Birmingham, Rockstar, he's a musician, not a big sports guy. Are you a big music guy? Do you like music? I, I mean, yeah, I like listening to music. But okay. I can't say you got a favorite band or anything? I mean, I, I like a lot of them. Okay. I listen all right. to all We're not going to pin you down on that one. Uh, Rockstar always has a question. We never know what it's going to be. Rockstar, uh, Coach DeBoer is listening. Uh, hey, Coach, it's Rockstar. Uh, first question, real quick. Have you ever met another Kalen? Um, I have not. There are some more now, especially in the South Dakota area that, uh -oh. I, that I've heard of. So there you go. The kind of the generation. Uh, I think that there's a few out there. I've not met them though. And the second question, final question is, uh, are you, I'm hoping you're aware of Gordon uh, Ramsey. If Gordon Ramsey came to your house tonight and said, cook me the DeBoer signature dish, what would that entail? Mm. Uh, a lot, a lot of different, uh, those that know me know that, uh, that food options, um, I'm not too picky, uh, but uh, probably combination. I mean, it could be a bunch of different things. I mean, I love the meat and potato piece, just uh, a good steak. Um, I do like uh, 
you know, like Mexican tacos. Heck like yeah. That. So Let's those would probably be something, especially some of the areas I've lived out yeah. in the West Coast and Fresno. Uh, you know, there was uh, some good street tacos out there that uh, I enjoyed. Uh, we deep fry everything down here, though. That's what you got to <laughs> get. That, what makes it good? Uh, oh, I'm great with that. Oh, it's so, so good. The yeah. food down here is so good. Yeah. You're going to love it. Yeah. Hey, some of the worst conditions I can remember. There was an Independence Bowl with A&M in Mississippi State. State. Yeah, played in the snow. You played South Dakota Tech an 8-6 final. Yeah. And the, the the word was like you couldn't even like see five feet in front of your face, and the blizzard was so bad. Were you not called in to punt from your own ten ten yard? No, you guys were on your own ten yard line yeah. when you punted, right? Yeah, the first time we did it, punting into the wind, and I mean by the time the I think it was eight to ten inches uh, that it snowed that day, and so they just couldn't even keep up with it. And the, the game should never. Be yeah, played. why did you guys play? The game should never have been played. But uh, we were number one in the country, or we were close to it, maybe number two. And uh, this was the only chance that the other team had to win. And uh, I think they did everything they could to make sure that that game happened. There was no one in the stands. I mean, there was at that level very few to begin with, but no one wanted to be there. And uh, yeah, we punted into the wind the first time. And I think, I, I don't think it was a positive punt. I don't think it came past the lines. And I think it actually went past the line of scrimmage and came back. Blew back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it came back. So it really, so from then on out, it was just the game was played and, probably about 25 to 30 yards of the field. And then the quarter switched. And so when the quarter switched, you actually were with the wind and on a part of the field that had never been played. Well, instantaneously, <laughs> you went three and out, right? Just so, ice, right? So now that you did punt it with the wind and it took a one hop and just stopped right on the one yard line. We got a safety and we won the football game. Wow. It was 6-6 six, six at the time. Hey, the first thing I heard about you was how accessible you were. And I think it was uh, one of our old friends, Ian Fitzsimmons from ESPN, covered you after the win against Texas. And he said that you said, I'll be back. And you went, you did all these interviews and you still, still sat down for 10 minutes. And then I read, even going back to you lost a game 55 nothing, and you go out in like blizzard conditions and you climb a ladder to a press box to do like a 30 minute sit down. That's the worst. Are you too accessible? That's the worst defeat ever. That's, uh, that's one. I learned a lot from that one though. Uh, 55 nothing at Carroll, Montana, Helena, Montana. And uh, I don't remember if it was a ladder, but I do remember you had to, you had to make a special effort to get there to do the post game with uh, Tom, who you brought up earlier. And uh, yeah, you should have been cussing at that one, no, by the way. There was, yeah, internally, there was a lot of cussing going on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, just kind of had your lick your wounds on that one. We weren't a better team to begin with, but the um, yeah, the conditions uh, were not favorable. And, and you know, the next year, I, I just I learned a lot because you know, our kids we had a lot of the same kids back, and uh, we went and won the national championship the next year. And I remember getting on that plane thinking, are we really 55 points? worse than the team that we just played and our kids showed resiliency and that's what i think i've always learned is that kids are more resilient than you think and uh you know they get back to work pretty quickly and we did exactly that Man, status and money changed so many people i'll never forget we were at the uh, regions golf tournament that i guess you'll be playing in in the next couple of months i don't know if you've been told that but Gotcha. You do Probably. play golf, right? It's on the calendar. Well, you, okay, good. He has right. to. He's from uh, Millbank, South Dakota, the home of American Legion, where you yep. played uh, baseball, yep. uh, basketball, football, yep. everything. Um, I forgot what my point was going to be here. I, nothing about golf. You were talking about how money Oh, yeah, yeah. So we had Kirby on. And Kirby sat down with us, and this is probably five or six years ago. Yeah, it was five or six years ago. And he's like, how much longer is your break? And I said, look, when you win a national championship, we'll never talk to you again. Yeah. 
Uh, we, we talked to him a little bit. A little bit. Not as much. But then he starts talking about wine. Or like, Kirby, you didn't drink wine when you were a defensive coordinator in Alabama. He's ball, drinking wine. I'm yeah. just saying it's pretty amazing that you stay kind of humble to those roots throughout this journey. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know any better, you know, and that's just what uh, – those are special times to me. You know, all those places and the people I've been around, they're so special. I mean, every stop along the way, and I think especially – I mean, they all are even assistant coach spots, but I think the ones where you're a head coach and you pour everything into the program you're at, Sioux Falls, Fresno State, Washington, you pour everything into it um, and you're bringing people together. And, um, you know, those are the ones that uh, are special. And obviously that's uh, what we have here in Alabama. Have you been in a grocery store or somewhere else where somebody's recognized you yet? I saw the wife throughout the first pitch at, mm-hmm. at softball at has, oh, it, has it been a, hey, there's the Alabama coach moment yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's happened. I don't know if I'm to Coach Saban status or anything like that where uh, where he goes around and I think it's uh, everyone's around him. But, uh, yeah, certainly certainly is the case. I mean, I think everyone follows the program so closely. I, I think it's, you know, it's just part of it. But, you know, you embrace that. You know, that's a special, special privilege to be here and be in this role. And uh, you embrace it and you love it. Yeah. Your days of going to get a beer with the guys are probably over. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's okay. That's okay yeah, though, right? It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Do we have time for a yeah, list? We got time for a list, real quick. Oh, okay. I, I thought you were hitting the list already. Knock it out. Right no, now. I just I saw Max and look yeah. at that watch. Yeah, I, I know. know. Josh is Josh is nervous. Well, jump we make Josh list. nervous, Coach. Yeah, we we could go fast. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not that big of a deal. If I ask you, okay, here we go. One game, one quarterback: Brady or Mahomes? Man, both in their prime, obviously. Yeah. Well, I would go Brady. I would go Brady still. There's no wrong answer. Yeah, I think I would go Brady. Yeah. That's that's tough. Uh, would you rather have a good Western or a good war movie? Uh, probably probably a good war movie. Okay. What's, the, what's the best war movie? I was going to say Seven Private Ryan or Seven Private no. Ryan. Saw Hamburger Hill last night. You ever seen that one? Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't. It's good. But, uh, yeah. I don't know. There's there those ones. Uh, those are. I would say a war movie. Okay, so we kind of grew up around the same time. I thought the '80s movies were a lot of fun. My kids still love them. Do you have a favorite '80s movie? Uh, I love the the sports movies. Um, was it Hoosiers? They, Hoosiers, oh, Hoosiers. Was 80s. phenomenal. Bull Durham was eighties. Yeah. Major League all, was eighties. All those, all yeah. those. The humor, the ones with humor. But uh, Caddyshack. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Good, yeah okay, you've seen both up close and personal. More impressive, the Space Needle or Mount Rushmore? Man, see, I'm going to have to. I think the Space Needle is uh, probably m- more impressive. But obviously now I'm going against my home state, you know, and uh, the pride I have for South Dakota. But uh, it's pretty impressive being in the Space Needle and looking out over everything that you can see from Rainier to the 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 lake, to the, the lake and everything around there. Yeah, Rocky, what was the uh, the show we watched with the uh, drones that covered America? Aerial America. Aerial America, Aerial America yeah. Smithsonian. I remember watching one on Seattle, and there's one dude that changes – that bulb at the top of the space needle. Yeah. I can't even well, imagine. One fun fact with the uh, with Mount Rushmore. I mean, it's happened so long ago. It probably doesn't matter. But I have been on top of Mount Rushmore. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you really? I didn't know that was allowed. It's not. Uh, Jimmy Stewart <laughs> was on it in uh, North by Northwest. Especially it was my uh, probably 2005 or 2006. Some bus coaches uh, right after the signing day time went out there and uh, special security player on our on our a team and his his dad was in charge of the security and he got us up there before it opened uh wow one day and gotten it behind there and so i wish we'd have had you know the phones now with more pictures yeah i know we didn't catch capture enough pictures 
back then or at least good ones you know and so yeah. uh that was a pretty special moment do you remember your first significant concert who it was when we were in college we used to work a lot of them at the fair there and so i can't say i was an attendee but i was a as a football player you were there so i think it was a lot of the country like tim mcgraw and i think garth brooks heck and, yeah you know, some yeah. of those uh yeah. i think um yeah a lot a lot of those first car you drove uh chevy blazer well, that's me oh, too. Wow. Mid eighties model, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine was an eighty eight. I totaled yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mine, mine was a Ford LTD with no reverse. You had to be creative on date night. Yeah, parking a hill. <laughs> yeah, you would have to be. Yes, I'm going to figure that one out. Uh, yeah. That only happened twice a year for him, so it was no big deal. Do you remember your first job? Uh, yeah. I mean, a job where I got paid. Yeah, I <laughs> uh, worked on a farm when I was growing up, so that was a job right there. But um, was it Millbank? Yeah. Yeah, it was outside of Melbank, but uh, I worked uh, rec in the rec department, you know, um, mowing mowing lawns and taking care of the fields. Lining fields? All that good stuff. I used yeah. to do that. Yeah. I used yeah. to love lining yeah. You don't have to do that at Bryant, Denny. They got somebody. They that got part. someone? Yeah, they got somebody. Yeah. You're good. Most famous person in your cell phone, not Nick Saban. Mm. Not Brock Hewitt. I'm not sure. <laughs> Brock, Brock's up there. Uh, I'm giving some credit. Yeah, but it's a legendary quarterback, so, Brock Heward. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's, there's, there's some good ones. Um, you're on the quarterback legendary. The one I think, uh, one of my favorites is uh, Warren Moon back there. Oh, heck yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, since we're on the quarterback and yeah. and all that, you know, yeah, yeah. Just two more. Uh, last sporting event you actually paid to attend. Uh, yeah, that's. You're trying to put me on the spot on that one. <laughs> Could just be some wrong answers. Well, not really. I don't know. I didn't yeah. think I, I'm just, I would think it's been forever since you actually went as yeah. a spectator. Yeah. It's been a while. Okay. It's been a while. So I'm well, sure you, there's one in there. You so. can circle back on that oh, one. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to trip you up. And then finally, if you had to give up one forever, pillow or blanket. I think, I think the spectator one would probably be some event like my kids' events. Yeah, that's okay. yeah, absolutely. That's what it would be. That's yeah. what it would be. Because even if they let you on free, you want to support this yeah, program, yeah. right? Yeah, little yeah. club softball. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, would you say pillow or blanket? You got to give one up forever. Oh man, I mean, I'd probably give up the pillow, I guess, because yeah. you can turn the blanket into a pillow. That's true. Uh, see, so resourceful. He's a resourceful you don't guy. Get to, you don't get to the top of Mount Rushmore <laughs> without that, that kind of creativity, right there. Man, thank you for thank the you, time coach. and thanks for opening the doors for us. I'm yeah. glad you're here. We watched um, on signing day. I watched you interact with the coaches. They all seem like tremendously great guys in the interaction you guys have. It's really good. We're looking forward to working with you in the future. So thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. All right. Thanks, Thanks, Coach. Yeah, Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach.